Good morning, church. Always good to be in the house of the Lord. Um, just before we start, I just want to pray. Father, I just want to thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord, uh, for the privilege just to be able to share your word. I just ask that, Holy Spirit, you would just help me to speak your words. I pray that people's hearts and minds would be opened up this morning, oh God, to hear your truth and, Lord, to, Lord, not only to hear it, but, Lord, to go from here with a desire to do it, Lord God. So I thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, I want to start this morning with uh, my first uh, slide is in view of God's mercy, our response. That's really what I'm going to be talking on this morning. And it's from Romans 12, 1 and 2. But before I get there, I just want to take you on um, uh, a bit of a journey first on the importance of God's word. If I could exhort anyone this morning, whether you're a young person, you know, a young teenager or a, an older person, um, whether you've been in the church for many years or not, you know, the Word of God is so important for us. It's the only way, really, that you're going to grow in your faith. Uh, and uh, the Word of God will, will, um, will motivate you. It will get you to see truth and all of those things. So I just want to quickly go through some things about the Word of God. All right, the importance of the Bible. We get to find out who God is. We get to find out the reasons for why God created us. We get to find out his purposes and plans. We get to find out who we are and God's will for us. We get to find out man's future, including our own. There's lots of answers to life in the Word of God. The Bible writers, the Bible says in 2 Peter 1, 20 to 21, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came about by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as moved by the Holy Spirit. These are not men's words in, in the Bible. These are actually God's words. God breathed, God inspired. And a lot of people uh, who are not believers are always trying to bring down the Word of God and saying, well, it's just men who wrote it. But God says, no. These men didn't just write the words, they wrote his words by his inspiration, by his Holy Spirit. <clears throat> um, the next part is we need God's word to direct us. You know, if I, this verse here, this uh, passage of scripture, just want to really encourage you uh, with, all scripture is inspired by God. There's that word inspiration and is useful, what? To teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives, it corrects us when we are wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So you see the key points there, to teach and reprove. That word, that's uh, from the New King James, but reprove is, there's a, it's quite a, um, a strong word in the sense there's an element of discipline and reprimand at times. And that's what God's word does for us as well. It, it disciplines us. It's going to show up. It's going to bring to light those things that are not right. <clears throat> are you willing to be corrected? Do you want to be trained? Okay, the next thing on uh, 2012 Lifeway Research Survey. A survey of 2,900 churchgoers said that they had the desire to please and to honour Jesus in all I do. Only 19% personally read the Bible every day. 26% read a few times a week, 15% once per week, 
40% read once per month, rarely or never. Now, I just want to encourage you with, um, you know, we've all got, most of us all got mobile phones. Um, I no longer carry around my Bible anymore because, you know, you can put, there's so many good apps that you can get to help you on your phone. It's nice and light. Just go there. I use one called Uversion Bible app. It's a great app. Excellent for helping you. Some great features on it. And there's also other websites that you can help just understand the Word of God more. There's a great one I like using. It's called gotquestions.org. I just want to um, encourage you with that as well. Uh, the next thing it does, the Bible opens us up. It gives us, uh, you know, it opens up our motives and all of that. In Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and it, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. You know, if, as you read the, God, read the Word, you begin to see it. It begins to open up attitudes. You know, how you, if you're dealing with unforgiveness, if you don't, you're not forgiving towards your brother or sister, even in the church, and you read the Scriptures, you're left really with no options. It's not that, you know, oh, yeah, you're right, you're justified in the way you feel. No, forgive your brother, love your brother, you know, bear with one another. This is him talking to the church. <clears throat> okay. Um, the other thing is uh, we should study the word. Paul exhorted Timothy in 2 Timothy 15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed Rightly dividing the word of truth. Yeah? The word of God can obviously be right, wrongly divided. You know, one of the main issues for, for the church is there's so many different denominations, and the main thing that separates them is the, is, is the doctrine. Everyone's in, uh, in, interpreting certain ones differently. <clears throat> it needs to be divided rightly. In 1 Peter 3.15 it says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord always being ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. You know, I like, to, I like to find out what other people believe. And I like to have my answer so that when I get opportunities, you know, I can, I can give them an account of what I believe. And we need to be. If you're going to have an answer, you need to find out where the answers are and the answers are in the Word of God. Not your own answers, not what you think is right, Find out what the Word of God says. Even practice it so you, you know when, when an opportunity comes up, you know how to share your faith. Okay, obeying God's Word. But be doers of the Word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. That's James 1.22. Uh, 1 John 5.3 says, Loving God means keeping God's commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. 2 John 6 says, and this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. You notice there that there's a link between loving God and loving his commands. Yeah? You can't say, I love God, and then you're off doing your own stuff. It just doesn't line up. It doesn't match. <clears throat> okay. Right. <laughs> now we're on to, um, in view of God's mercy, our response. Okay, and um, before I actually read that, that, that scripture, I just want to, it's from the book of Romans, and I, I just, it's important that I want to do this morning is to give you a bit of an idea um, 
uh, I suppose, a lead-up to what Paul begins to say in Romans chapter 12. And um, I'm hoping you'll understand why uh, when, when I eventually get there. So the letter of Romans, it's credited by Bible scholars as one of the most theological books of the Bible. Theo theology means the study of God. Written by Paul the Apostle, the subjects include sin, law, justification, sanctification, how should we respond and behave. Now, I'm not saying these things to say use these big words. I'm hoping by the time I finish, you'll get to understand the meaning of these words. But what I'm hoping too is that you'll begin to see uh, why Paul writes what he does in Romans chapter 12. Okay. So, so here's some of the highlights for uh, Romans. Romans 1. 16, it says the power of God for the, uh, the power of the gospel for salvation and the just living by faith. It's the gospel, the preaching, and that's why the preaching of the gospel is so important. People come to faith by the gospel. It's God's words. It's his, it's his good news. It's his message. Uh, Romans 1, the second half explains about the wrath of God against sin. If you ever want to look up and see things about the reasons why for things like homosexuality, homosexuality lesbianism, or mer all these sorts of things, read the second half of Romans 1. You'll get a very good idea of why it came to be like that. Yes, it was Adam and Eve's sin, but actually about the heart of man. And you begin to, I read it and I go, wow, that's why it's like what it is. These issues are really coming to the forefront in our society today. But when you see what God writes about it, you go, okay, that's why, Lord. Um, Romans 5.1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Justification, there's that word, that big word. This is what it means. Declared righteous by God because of what? Because of Christ's righteousness in you. Our unrighteousness, when we come to believe in trust in God, there's this amazing exchange that's done. Okay? Your filthy garments of sin, my filthy garments of sin, exchange for his righteous garments. That's amazing, church. Can you see that this morning? Can you see that's who you are? If you are in Christ this morning, that's you. God looks at you and sees the righteousness of Christ. And you think of you, you might say, well, what about this other stuff? Well, you know, there's that other word, I'll come to that later, but it's about sanctification as well. There's this process of becoming more and more holy as well. <clears throat> okay. In Romans 7, Paul talks about his struggling with sin. He, you know, he goes, he sits in, he goes, well, why is it that the things I should do, I don't do? And the things I should do, I don't do those things as well. And he's this, it's sort of a, like a, a despairing account. And right at the end of the chapter 7, he goes, who can save me from this body of death? And right the very next verse in Romans 8, 1 says this, therefore now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I ask you this morning, are you in Christ Jesus this morning? If you are in Christ Jesus, then you are no longer under condemnation. Praise the Lord. Romans 8.29 says, All things, all things, good and bad, good and bad, work together for good for those who love the Lord. Remember the story of Joseph. 
Remember Joseph, you know, and right at the end, I think it's in Genesis, it talks about, you know, um, the brothers, they meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. All those bad things that happened to Joseph. <clears throat> you know, if you're struggling with sin in life, if you don't hate your sin, if you, oh, sorry, if you hate your sin, right, and there's the desire to do well, that's a very good sign that the Spirit of God is in you. The natural man doesn't worry about his sin. Think about your past. Think about your past life and what you used to do. All right? God was of no account. Do what I want to do. I'll tell you, when I live my life apart from God, when I go and die, just do what I want to do, basically. And at times I even went and did what I wanted to do, even when I knew what was the right thing to do. Even when I knew what God said and I just rebelled against that and said, nah, I don't care. Just going to do it because that's what I want to do. But oh, were there consequences for that? Romans, ah, sorry, Romans 8.30. It talks at the, well, people describe it, scholars describe it as the golden chain of salvation. Those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. Those whom who he justified, he also glorified. It's actually written in the past tense. It's saying it's already having taken place. <clears throat> Hebrews 12, 2. God is the author and perfecter of your faith. Okay, uh, Romans 9, 10, and 11 uh, speak of divine sovereignty and God's dealing with Israel. In Romans chapter 12, it's the instruction for us on how we should behave in church. And I'm going to get there shortly. Uh, Romans 13 instructs us for how we should behave outside the church. Romans 14, 15, and 16 speaks about liberty, love, bearing one another burdens. There's other stuff in there. But, um, and now we go to in view of God's mercy. Why I spoke about all those things, and I'm sorry for rushing it, um, but it was just to, as we go into Romans chapter 12, then you can understand why Paul. So Paul's written all this stuff about sanctification, sin, justification, all these good things, no longer under condemnation. And then we come to um, uh, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. So let's, let's read that, Romans 12, 1 and 2. The next slide, yeah. Therefore, now, first thing to remember, whenever you see a therefore in the Bible, it's therefore usually relates to whatever's been said just before. Therefore, so Paul's going, therefore, okay, whatever, all the other stuff he said in his letter, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Okay? So Paul, Paul, he's, he's saying, in view of, he's looking, and that's why I use my sort of, um, that die, I'm not die, that picture of the guy looking through the, the, the telescope, looking in, into space. And, but Paul is looking at what God has done. And he's writing and he says these things, well, in view of, in view of God's mercies, you know, I urge you, um, I want to ask you, what's your view of God this morning as a believer? How do you look at God? Is he just there? Well, hey, as long as I'm going to, uh, going to heaven, that's the main thing. Do you see faith as just like fire insurance to stop you from going to hell? Or do you see that, you know, your life actually belongs to God? We've, 
We've sung this morning some, some songs this morning about him being the king. Well, if he's the king, then we're his servants. Is that not true? Don't the kings have servants? We sing these words. And the challenge is, will you actually believe that and respond to that in that way? Okay. I get, um, yeah, I look at these words, I look at what the, the scriptures say, and honestly, it's really what really motivates me today to keep doing what I do. And in fact, it, it, it creates an even greater passion in my heart that the things of God are really important. There's a purpose. I've got more of a purpose in my life. Is it perfect? No, it's not. Is there lots of problems? There can be problems. Yes, there can be. But, you know, I look at these things and I'm reminded again. My thoughts are able to be shifted again. Um, okay. Just bear with me a second. Yep. We'll go to the next slide. In view of God's mercies. Mercy. Mercy is defined as not being punished for what you deserve. Isn't that a great explanation? Not being punished for what you deserve. Some of the scriptures are reading about, you know, for the wages of sin is death. All have sinned. The wages for sin, in God's standing, it's death. You must pay for your sin, and it's death. Okay? So mercy is defined as not being punished for what you deserve. Grace is unearned favour. When it talks about you didn't earn the grace that God gave you, God didn't look at you and think, oh gee, you're worthy, you're worthy. No, you are me. He looked at me. No, John, you're not worthy at all. You're very unworthy actually. But as we, as he has opened up our hearts, as we put our trust in him, he makes us worthy. <clears throat> Uh, Lamentations chapter 3, 22 to 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. They are new every morning, church, for each one of us as believers. New every morning for us. In spite of what took place the day before, God's mercies are new every morning. Yes, we have to deal with sin. Uh, we do have to deal with it. But you know, that's where we can do it. We can say, we can confess our sins. Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry. We can confess it to one another. <clears throat> when it comes to mercy, you know, a judge, it's up to the judge. The law, the sentence, you know, it might, for example, uh, for murder, it could be up to, you know, a lifetime sentence. But judges will make their own decisions. For whatever, for whatever circumstances, they'll change it. Mercy. They'll show some mercy. It's the judge. God is the righteous judge. <clears throat> I want you to think about his sacrifice this morning and say, thank you, merciful and gracious God. Okay, so now we're into the three responses to his mercies, according to these scriptures. The first part of it is, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Notice it says, present your body, not somebody else's. Isaiah doesn't write, here I am, Lord, send him. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it's a living. We're alive and breathing. You know, see yourself, see the purpose. These, these, these verses, these scriptures 
should encourage you to see your purpose and know your purpose in Christ. In view of, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. People who come and serve in the church, what they're, they're sacrificing their own time to be here. They see the importance. Could they, could they be doing other things? Of course we could. Of course we could, but we see the importance of the fellowship of the body. We see God's, uh, what God wants has been very important. <clears throat> okay. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 to 20, Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, and he writes this, and he says, Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore, there's that word therefore again. It's therefore because what he's just said, glorify God in your body and your spirit. Yeah? The Corinthian church at that time, man, did they have problems in that church. Okay? There was big divisions amongst themselves. There was sexual immorality. Paul even had a case where this uh, uh, one son had uh, basically gone with his father's uh, wife. Okay? And he was basically, get him out. You know, so uh, there were lawsuits and, uh, you know, a real slackness in, 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 in morality. <clears throat> you know, a temple, you know, when we think of a temple, a temple is a des designated place of worship for a specific use. That temple within you as a believer, that's where the Holy Spirit resides. Think about that. Think about that when we're off, we're in, you know, doing things in places we shouldn't be, looking at things we shouldn't be looking at. The Holy Spirit's with you as a believer. Okay, a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice is being willing to yield and surrender our wills to God. Holy, you know, holy, set apart. That's what sanctification. Sanctification is that process of being holy. I was talking before about justification. You have been declared righteous. You're right as a believer, someone who is truly trusted in God. Their standing is they are righteous before God. And then there's this other aspect of sanctification. So we're now being set apart for a specific use. And the use is for the glory of God. Amen. Isn't that good? Does that encourage you this morning more about your purpose in God? <clears throat> you know, pleasing God. You know, when we sin, the, the scriptures talk about we grieve God. We grieve the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and then um, it says, this is your true and proper service. In the New King James, the version says, this is your reasonable service. This is really your reasonable response. <clears throat> Excuse me, the numbers might be a bit all over the place, believe me. <laughs> Just to get here. Uh, oh, there was a lot of time um, in, in setting this up and there were some issues all over the place, but uh, yeah, forgive me for that. The second part is, um, this is the second part. Do not conform to this world. Do not conform to this world. Don't let the world shape you. We, we have the Spirit of God within us. We have the power and ability to live as He called us to live. It's not them who should be influencing us. It's us who should be influencing them. In your workplace, people are going to see a difference. They're not going to see the same thing because if they see the same thing, they go, well, what's the difference then? 
What's the difference? You say you believe in God and it's God, but you do exactly the same things as we do. That's the challenge to us as, as believers. Be in the world and not of it. You know, we can be influenced. Those other things around us can influence other people if we allow them to. You know, what we're listening to and filling our heads and minds with, what's on the TV, what's anywhere, what, you know, they're all other influences that are going to affect you. They're going to affect what you think about. <clears throat> um, 1 John 2.15 to 18 says, Do not love the world. All right, so Paul has said, Do not conform to this world. John writes, Do not love the world or the things in this world. If anyone loves the world... The love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of this world. You know, you can see right at the very beginning with Eve, those three elements being manifested right there. You know, the apple, it looked good. It looked good. She thought it would taste good. And then the other part was it would make her wise. Those three things. And this is what John writes. These are really the core elements of what's in this world that really manifest themselves in other ways. <clears throat> the lust of the flesh. Paul writes again in Galatians 5. What are they? Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, um, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins. Well, there's quite a list there already. <laughs> and other sins like these. Yeah? But he says in the same chapter that if you would walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. I tell you, when you're surrendering your life to God, and you're willing, you're presenting yourself to Him, willing to walk in the flesh? How can you walk in the spirit and the flesh at the same time? They're, they're directly opposed. They never shake hands and agree. The flesh never says, to, or the spirit never says to the flesh, okay, let's agree today. You can have this time and I'll have this other time. No, it don't. No way. No way. It's like two magnets of the same polarity facing each other. Never going to agree. Paul gives us a way out, you know. How do you not fulfill the lusts of the flesh? Walk in the Spirit. In Galatians 6, it's actually meant to be Galatians 5, sorry. Galatians 5, it's just down from the other verse about the lust of the flesh. It speaks about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, uh, faithfulness, self-control. These are what happens. This is the fruit of when we walk in the Spirit. Those good things, those God things begin to manifest themselves in our lives as we choose to surrender that point and say, no, nah, my life belongs to you, God. It belongs to you. It's been paid for with a price. And the price was the blood of Jesus. Think about this. It wasn't just any man, no man, no man who ever lived could ever fulfill that place. He would not have been good enough. Not good enough. Only God the Son, the third person of the Trinity, could ever fulfill that. That's who down. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, He came down. 
for your and mine, but for all those who believe and put their trust in. That's who died for you. It's not just, oh, yeah, Jesus, you know, he died for my sin. No, it's so much far, far more than that. And as you begin to um, concentrate on things, meditate on these things, you know, how can your heart not be changed? How can you not realize, oh, God, you've done amazing things for me? Paul says that if we live in, if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. <clears throat> okay, the next thing, it's the third thing, it says be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you know, as I was thinking about that, I, was, um, I just said, well really, as I look at it, it's go, I came up with just replace your thoughts. The world's way of thinking with God's ways, thoughts and ways. Read his word to find out God's mind if you don't know. I believe there's something, you know, that for many Christians, because it's not an important area. The Bible's not important to them. Well, where are you getting your instructions from? Where are you getting your leading from? It's got to come from God's word. There's a perp, that Bible is an amazing book. It wasn't just written in one go. It was actually written over 1,400 years. Over 40 different uh, authors wrote that Bible. All inspired by God from every uh, walk of life. Kings, fishermen, all these different ones. It's, a, it's, it's what's going to lead you and guide you. I just want to encourage you. Get into the Word. Get together. Hopefully, you know, there may be things in shortly where you can come together and get around the Word of God. It's not boring. Please, don't let anybody tell you that the Word of God is boring. It most certainly is, isn't. It's inspiring. It's God's Word. The very Word of God. I, I don't know about you, but when I read these passages of Scripture, they inspire me. They encourage me and just go, wow, God. Actually. <clears throat> yeah, so, yeah, that was the third one. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, so let's just do a summary of those things. The, the three responses to God's mercies. Present your bodies <clears throat> as sacrifices set apart. Do not be conformed to this world. Okay? Be transformed with his mind, with his words. Yeah? And then we see in the last part of verse 2, and what happens? The result. Then, then, you will learn to know what God's will is for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. You know, I, I just want to encourage you, church. I want to encourage you, those that may be young in your faith um, this morning, to really see the purposes of God. I want to encourage you, um, you know, to, to, to really put God, meditate upon what he's done, read about him, and then be encouraged to walk according to his ways. Because that's what brings glory to God. God is glorified when we walk in the Spirit. When we walk, He's given us what we need. He hasn't said, okay, put your trust in me. I hope it all works out well. And maybe we'll see you. Maybe we'll see you when I come back. It's not. He says, I give you my, my, the Holy Spirit to help you. 
It's your will that stands in the way. When Jesus said how to pray, what's the first part of the prayer? When the first bit acknowledges God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed is your name. What's the very next line? Thy kingdom come and thy will be done. It's not about our wills, it's about his will. If you're a believer this morning, say amen. Amen. You know, that's the purposes of God for us. All one us, think about that. If everyone, if, if every one of us in the church just put that and said, no, that's my, that's my goal in life. It's about the purposes of God. That's what I'm going to, um, that's what I'm going to seek. That's what I'm going to sense, strive in the power of the Holy Ghost for. Imagine the church. I'll tell you what, would you make an impact in Kaira? You will make an impact in Kaira. Paul writes in Ephesians, you know, when the church is doing all what it needs to do, how God brings the growth to the church. If there is a next time, also, he leads into how we should be in the, in the body. What sort of responses? You know, talking about, you know, everyone uh, plays a special part in the body. You know, and you can read that as well and think, wow, that's, that's what it's about as well. That's why he's saying this stuff as well. And then in the next chapter, he's saying, well, this is how you should be when you're out in the world. The encouragement's there. You're not left alone to do these things by yourself. So I just want to encourage you this morning, church. Seek the Lord. Make that choice. Make that choice to just to, to seek Him more and more, to lay down more and more. Yes, it is a struggle. Yes, it is tough at times. But there's a way for each and every one of us. If you're in here this morning and you're not a believer, if you don't have the Spirit, if you feel that you're not in Christ is what I've been talking about, well, I urge you to call upon the name of God this morning. To call out to God and say, God, I want what that man's talking about. I want that. I want that. I see now. I can see. I, 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 the understanding has been opened up. I pray. I pray. You know, if you're in that place this morning, I pray that you would just turn to God. Look to God, even just this morning, even in your seat this morning. Just look and say, God, if that's true, then help me to show me that. Help me this morning. Show me that. But really, it's about us as a church. Church, let's get our purposes and our plans. Let's look at what we are. What are we doing? What are we doing with our lives? You know, and let's begin to live it more and more for Him. I have to say that to myself too, church. There's this part of me. There's, there's the, you know, we've still got these sinful appetites the Bible still wants its way oh, don't worry about that John that's oh, all good you know the battle is there but I tell you as you begin to as you begin to place God first the changes begin to come praise the Lord praise the Lord